Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock from MCG Quantity Surveyors. Now, today we're talking everything new construction. We've got the wonderful Kerry Ann Hooper from Carnelian Projects on today to talk about everything that you need to know if you're thinking of building a new property either as an owner-occupier, but especially as an investor. We talked to her about what's happening in the industry right now with very low building approvals figures, very low lending on new construction activity. And we talked to her about the issues around construction costs, increases and serviceability issues as well with people trying to settle on their land and get these projects built. She gives us some insight into some of the tricks that the big building companies will use to lock you in and how they can increase those prices. The difference between fixed price contracts and turnkey packages and typical exclusions to a construction contract. It's an awesome interview for anyone that's considering new builds and we unpack all of those tips and tricks with Kerry ann today. Hope you enjoy. Kerry ann Hooper, thanks for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I think it's an important time to have you for a number of different reasons. Now, you, of course, uh, help people to purchase property or, I guess, construct a property through mm. uh, a builder and organise house and land packages for first home buyers and investors and uh, whoever else wants it, I suppose. But give us um, a bit of a lay of the land at the moment. Building activity is is definitely subdued. You know, lending for new construction is very, very soft at the moment. And we've just sort of come through this environment of really high construction costs and a lot of um, liquidations of construction companies as well. So where are we at today? Yeah, I think that's what's scaring people a lot is that a lot of the builders that have gone broke. Um, the building costs have sort of levelled out a little bit. They're not as high as they were last year where um, I saw eighty dollars to $100,000 jump in prices, probably around that, say, $10,000 at the moment comparing to people who were looking at land or brought new land a year or so ago and now want to build. There's about that $10,000 difference compared to how it was. Um, still, we need... Um, more trades, need more tradies, especially brickies and concreters. Uh, and supply, uh, the supply is definitely a lot better, but there's still delays, especially from state to state. Some of my builders, you know, have a lot of um, like the kitchens, garage doors in uh, Queensland. So it still has got that delay coming. Um, COVID is still around <laughs> um especially in generally january it really affected trades and businesses because they so many people were sick with it and we had that sort of rise in the uh, newcastle area of covid um so yeah so it's, it is leveling out um but i just tell my clients just be patient instead of having a six month build that sort of really doesn't exist anymore you're sort of looking at that eight nine months for a, for a build on a flat yeah. block I think people are getting used to that with everything. I was talking to a car dealer the other day where they're talking 18 to 24 months for delivery. Uh, it's kind of the new normal, right? Yeah, my husband's been waiting two years for one, for a car. So, <laughs> yeah. We're all having to get used to that. Uh, now, yes. With, with the the situation such as it is at the moment with, with quite low uh, construction activity, um, we're going to talk about the secrets that the big builders don't want you to know. Um, but what is their appetite for construction work at the moment? There's a shortage of tradies and those sorts of things, but are builders fighting for your business at the moment in the residential space? 
Definitely. I mean, you just have to turn on the TV and see all the ads with the $60,000 off, $100,000 off. It's funny. They always got a little asterisk after that, $60,000 off your house price with an asterisk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of competition out there. I don't personally deal with the big display builders. Um but, yes, the big d display builders are just trying to grab as much um, business as they can and, they, they, yeah, they're sort of, I would say it's buyer beware because this $60,000 to $100,000 off the price uh, is not exactly true because builders can't afford to lose $60,000 per build. Uh, so, mm. yeah, so definitely it's something to watch out for. Yeah, because I guess um, for a lot of a lot of types of dwellings that's going to be roughly what their margin might be right so where does that's that right. 60,000 come from where you, that, that that's the million dollar question question right? isn't it and a lot of people don't realize that yeah yeah so a lot of people don't realize that they will actually be charged that or more during the build because a lot of essentials th things are left out of their actual build price so when it comes to a, a build price, people might be uh, aware of, of, you know, maybe doing a, a bathroom or kitchen renovation where it excludes PC items and things like that. But what are the, what are the typical exclusions from a, a contract where it's not a, a turnkey sort of contract? Yeah, I often relate to a build price from a big display builder is basically the house hovering above the land. It's not actually on the block of land. So that's a big thing you've got to take into considera consideration is the actual price of the house actually on your block of land. So there's big things like site costs. So does your block of land have trees? Does it have small shrubs? Does it have mulch that need to be get be, be rid of? Um, so that's an extra cost there um, if it's not included in the price. Uh, rock. So once they start digging, uh, they're going to encounter rock. Is that included in your contract price? It's not only the rock when they're digging for the foundations for the peering, but also when the, the plumber is doing putting in the drainage and your costs come into not actually just having the rock breaker there. You know, it could be for a week or so, but it's actually getting that rock onto a, a truck and actually dumping it. So there's dumping fees as well. So I've seen rock fees um you know extras from two thousand up to seventy thousand so that's a huge thing to think of um soil you know when they dig your land to cut and fill your land is there um are they going to take away your soil is that included in the price because that again is another cost as far as your your dumping fees go as well um and then there's things like um oh, sorry i'm just you're There's right. things like um, peering. So um, peering and um, peering is what you need. You need your peers before the slab goes down. So when they're digging down, again, you know, you might um, encounter rock, but is there an allowance for how much peering they've actually allowed for as well? So there's all these things that you have to consider um, that applies to your land. So you've got bow ratings as well. You've got your basics, which is the heating and cooling of your home and your thermal com comfort and your water. Is that all included in the price? Um, council requirements as well. A lot of things they'll say, oh, it includes standard council applications, but what if there's extra reports that need to be done, extra retaining that needs to be done? So there's all these, a range of things that need to be, um, yeah, thought of when you're getting that price from the builder. 
And and when we're talking about a turnkey package, what would yes. be the difference when someone is advertising a turnkey package versus not a turnkey package? Are all of those things typically included? Well, I don't believe there's really a, a fixed price builder anymore. There used to be a fixed price turnkey. That means everything's included, like even if they strike rock or get rid of soil. Don't believe in this day and age that there is one, but a turnkey refers to everything's included inside the house and everything's included outside. So inside is your all your carpets, all your floor coverings, your blinds, all your electrical, dishwasher, you know, obviously oven, cooktop, and then outside you've got your driveway and then you've got your landscaping, you've got a garden, you've got your letterbox, clothesline and fencing. So it's all done. So turn the key sort of comes from you just need to turn the key and move your furniture in because everything's done. Yeah. Yep. And typically would is it always the case that that fixed price, I know you sort of said they're not they're not around anymore and we'll get into that yeah. in a second, but uh, is it typical that it would actually sit at that fixed price or would you often see that the contract actually has uh, clauses for justifiable variations if they do hit a certain level of, of, of rock or, you know, if someone might be potentially varying the construction midway as a, as a client sort of choice? Yeah, well, in the back in the day before COVID, with my uh, turnkey builder who was a genuine fixed price builder, I could actually cross out the clauses in the contract that said, you know, relating to other costs or hidden site costs to do that. So now, though, um, I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> not that my turnkey builder actually, you know, charges a huge amount, but um, yeah. So with the big display builders check on those clauses as well because I'm pretty sure they won't be allowing you to, to cross those extra costs or hidden site costs clauses in, in the contract. And also in your contract too, have a look, as I sort of said about peering, with the allowances, some of them may, especially with, say, water and sewer connection to your house, if you're on, say, a battle axe block, um, so normally you have, like, for a standard size uh, block, you have 10 metres to get the water from the street to your house and that's what's included in your price if you're in a battle axe block the water might be down the bottom of the driveway and you're right up the top of the driveway who's paying for that connection up there so look at your allowances as well in, in the contract that's good advice now getting yeah. back to the to the fixed price i mean all homeowners or property investors want a degree of certainty but we've gone through a very uncertain time where we've seen construction costs you know rise across the board by 20% in 18 months you know there's a prediction of i think 4.7% um by the australian construction industry forecasting literature up until october so is that the real reason why the fixed price contracts aren't going to exist anymore is because builders have been locked in at prices, seen those prices increase, and I'm, I'm presuming that's why we saw so many liquidations of, of building companies. The Give for Growth Property Investing podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximise their claims and maximise their property education as well. 
Exactly, exactly. I mean, I had one of my builders at the end of 21, um, yeah, go go under. And that was the thing, they were fixed price as well. It's just not feasible for them now um, because as well, they just can't, I mean, what tradies are, are charging as well. I mean, brickies used to be, I don't know, it was about 90 cents a brick. Now they're up over $4 a brick. Uh, who it's just that you we don't sort of know how that's going to go um, obviously like I said it's not as a sharp incline as it was last year um, so it's definitely leveling off but yeah I think a lot of the big builders have seen how some of the ones you know went under and they were generally fixed price builders and there was no rigor room for them to get out of the contract they had to build at that price but they were building at a loss yeah I want to find out what the sort of threats and opportunities are for investors in this space at the moment. Uh, we were talking off air about land. Now, land has been a fairly scarce uh, resource in a lot of places, um, but we've we've had um, land sales go through and get to the point where once they finally become registered, which I want to ask you about as well, mm -hmm. um, we're now going to the bank with the idea of this is what we were going to construct it for and these were our serviceability buffers and we're finding people that are just they're not able to make these numbers stack what mm. what's the problem here at the moment what's the what's right the, the problem here at the moment why are we finding these these um these construction sites not not stacking for the for the owner yeah, so it's it's a lot of it is the interest rates rises, um, so they can't service the loan. When they brought the land, you know, one or two years ago, because some of them are, you know, taken one to two years to register. So, I mean, with that buying frenzy that we had, the land developers were just selling anything, you know, off the, off the plan. So now they've gone to... The, the land is starting to be registered. They're going to look at building and they, they cannot, they can't afford it with the interest rate. So, yeah, that's the major thing. Uh, as I said before, with bill costs, yes, there is definitely has been a rise in bill, bill costs, but not as much this year as it was last year, but they're still seeing there's a difference there. So they've got a higher bill cost. Um, the land is a lot higher than, you know, compared to other ones around, but they've already brought it. So they have to settle on it and they just cannot afford it with the, um, with the interest rates. Mm. And what do you think that is, is going to have as a, as a ripple effect to the prices for for new dwellings? Is, is it going to sort of constrain the supply of new dwellings so it's actually going to be positive for house prices and, and negative for land values or is it vice versa? How do you see that playing out? I think it's going to be very interesting how the land prices go um, because at the moment we've got so much land available and I sort of feel um, there will be more land coming available because, as I said, people can't afford to build so they're going to have to sell the land. So that, in one way, that's great for investors too because there's going to be more land available. You know, a year or two ago developers did not want to talk to investors. I mean, we need investors. We need, we're in a housing crisis at the moment. We haven't got enough rentals. Um, but so that's going to work in investors' favour, um, that there's more land available, more opportunity, more, more selection available. Um, and unfortunately, that's going to be the market that a lot of land is going to come on the market. Um, and it's going to be hard comparing as far as valuations stack up as well, comparing um, land that's coming on in new new um, stages that's probably up here, but then people have to sell their land and that's sort of 
underneath what the new um, prices are of the new land is. So that's going to be, um, yeah, I think that's going to be hard for people with um, valuations and um, for those who, for land developers too, I think it's going to be a problem trying to sell that land in the new stage up here when they can see resales are sort of going to be down in a lower range. Yeah, and the trouble is we desperately need that new supply, as you say, because we're in a, a rental crisis uh, yes. at the moment. Let, let's say hypothetically we're an investor that sees the opportunity, that sees that we can pick up some land and we, we understand our costs and we know that we'll be able to service the loan for a new construction. Can you talk us through the stages? We talked about, you know, purchasing land off the plan, waiting for it to register. Can you explain sort of what that means as a start point and, and then we kind of move into what, what you do, which is brokering that deal with, with builders and what everyone should know? Yeah, so um, people either come to me and they've already got land or I look for land for them. As far as registration goes, that's when it's been all approved through councils. So a lot of the time, as I said in the past, a lot of land's just been sold off the off the off the plan basically you're just looking at a plan and i uh, you know the sales agent would say well the land's going to be over there and you just see a big mold of dirt and that's where your block of land's going to be so obviously they need to build the roads they need to put in all the services and then it needs to go to accounts to be ticked off and then to the land titles office to be registered um, so a lot of that has been delayed i mean last year too we had a horrendous amount of rain um, which, I mean, we need the rain, but it was a lot of rain. So that was a lot that we held up as far as registration goes as well. So um, the land's registered. So with my, what I do, I can go out and find the block of land. I People tell me what sort of budget they're looking at, what sort of areas they're looking at, or I give them advice on areas and what the rental, uh, you know, the approximate rental would be in that sort of area. Let them know their services nearby, like your shops and your um, your uh, hospitals and transport, etc. And then I... Um, see which particular builder would suit them. Generally for investors, it's my turnkey builder so everything's done so they don't have to ring up, um, you know, trades when they move in or when the tenants move in, it's all done. Uh, so, and then I put that package together, present it to them um, so they've got their conveyance so I can look through the build contract with them. So there's two contracts in my traditional house and land packages, one for the land, one for the build. And then I'm just with them all the way through that process. So giving them updates on how the plans are going in council or with a certifier. And then when it starts, I give them updates on the actual construction there all the way. And then I can uh, help with depreciation report, like Mazu, and um, uh, property management as well so just holding the hand all the way through because some people even though they want to invest they're a bit scared of investing in property and loan building as we're talking about or you know everything that's in the in the press at the moment on the media um so yeah just holding the hand all the way through that building process and let's say this person decided not to work with someone like yourself who is aware of all the the uh, sneaky little tricks that builders like to employ and the, the shiny brochures. We always make fun of gloss. It's the devil. Apparently you put gloss <laughs> on any brochure and there's something wrong with it. Um, I'll have to look at that. <laughs> What are the things that uh, what are what are the, the sort of the nightmare scenarios that you see someone that has never done this before falling into that you can give us some some tips on on, on how to avoid? 
Uh, the big thing is obviously what I was talking about beforehand, what isn't or isn't included in your actual build price. Also too, if you're um, buying land in an estate, some estates have certain requirements of how the house has to look as well. So you have to make sure that they're included in that price. A lot of things, as I said, it just may be an allowance and so not everything's included in it. You've only got a certain allowance, so you've got to pay extra for that. When you go to the colour selection appointment, even though it's an investment, you still, you know, still got to choose your colours and all that. That's where you can be stung a little bit as well because you may only, you know, have one or two um, things to choose from for your stone or you may not only get buttons instead of actual downlights and your electrical. You may not get any PowerPoints or might be single PowerPoints and you need double PowerPoints and you need a lot in kitchens and, and you might not have an aerial that's that's a thing too so um watch out for those color selection appointments um be ready and be prepared um and yeah just find out exactly what is or isn't included um uh, and if you know that's one thing that i can help with as well with my tender health checks with the property management industry there's some famous examples of people offering I don't know, 2.9% management fee, but it excludes this and that and that. And then you do your cafeteria pick and mix and you realise it comes to, you know, 7 or 8%, which maybe is like everybody else. Is mm. kind of how those sort of um, those selection meetings are. So you'll go in and say, all right, well, this is part of the standard package. And you're like, well, we can't have a single PowerPoint. Like, we, you know, we've got a TV and a PlayStation and a fan and all this sort of stuff. You know, these are the options for Stone or they're, obviously hideous like we need to go up the level <laughs> is that where a lot of that margin comes from yes exactly and i mean if you're going to have a, a investment property you want blinds as well so some of them don't have blinds some of them don't even have fly screens so you need all that as well yes so definite big buyer beware <laughs> when you go to the color selections um yeah see what is or isn't and be prepared to open your checkbook i think those. Yeah, you mentioned before about the property hovering above the, the ground. I mean, that's another way to put it. If there's no fly screens or blinds, you know, it's not really a, a functional property for your tenant to go in, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why turnkey is the best way to go if you're an investor. You just want to make sure that everything's included inside and out. Yep. Now, the topic of this uh, podcast today is not necessarily the, the, the merits of buying, uh, you know, established versus new or new versus established, but can you give us some anecdotal evidence from people that you've worked with? Are there good investment property outcomes to be had in the new space or should we all just be thinking about established? Well, I think with your, um, as you know, house and land, you only pay stamp duty on the land value, not the actual whole um, amount of the house and land packages because it's two separate contracts with what I provide, uh, depreciation, as you know, with um, having a brand new home. And people, majority of the time, once they're built, they, they have equity in their home straight away. So they're, they're the three main things with building compared to um, established. I mean, I myself love building. I love the colours, I love, love it seeing rising on the ground. But as far as investment point of view, that does seem to be a little bit more um, more advantageous to um, build than an existing home. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for sharing all your wisdom today, Carrie-Anne. It's been a pleasure and let's hope that the construction industry keeps humming along. Yes, fingers crossed. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>